0: Hope you guys can make that work day on Saturday. I know there's a number of us that will be headed on up to Camp Cope on that Saturday as well. Won't be till the afternoon. Um, So hopefully we can still make both of those. And with that in mind, the reason for the sermon is because of what's gonna happen next week at Camp Cope. I made this shout out yesterday morning and I wanna make it more public than I did yesterday. Um, As we had the men's gathering, at the end of that um, study that we had, it was very uh, compelling on my end to state that it takes a lot to share your time and your energy with the children that we're going to be spending a week with. And it is with that in mind that I cannot help but recognize, um, and I know he's not looking for any kind of um, shout out, but nonetheless, these men need to hear it. including one of the women here, or a couple of the women. Steve Garrett, I know you've got a lot of work, and I know it's a trying time right now for you, and yet you've made a a lot of dedication and commitment to being at camp, and I really do appreciate that, um, spending the week with the children. And while that's the case, he's not the only one. Um, Knowing that Steve is not going to be able to be at camp the entirety of the week because of his work situation, I asked Parker to step up and he's going to be able to serve from Saturday till Monday morning. Um, And just by asking, he just said yes. And I really did appreciate that. And Jesse himself is going to be at at camp. And so will Carly and Elizabeth. Uh, I know Hannah, if she could have, she had a job, um, Jesse's sister. Uh, So there's a number of young men and women that are stepping up to the plate and, and working with these children. And for some of them, this will be their first time. It's not easy. These are children that aren't raised with the teachings of Christ. Um, Some of them are, many of them are not. Some of them don't even know who Jesus is. Many of them are raised with violence in their home and that's what they know. And so it's a very difficult but well rewarded and fulfilling week. And so I'm grateful for the young men and women that are gonna take the time to work with these children um, the week coming. And that said, the reason why I chose this sermon I didn't get a better image this is what we got (laughs) and I didn't want to create one myself but it gets the point across um, about sharing God's Word and passing it on and I couldn't help but think about as I was preparing this sermon and there's going to be a gap in which everyone will get it and Julie says please don't Mitch please don't (laughs) I have a Whitney Houston reference all right. I'm not going to sing it. I don't have her voice. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. And, and let the children laugh and so on and so forth. But there is a sense in which, you know, the reality of what goes on in the church is that it continues regardless of whatever happens to us we we're born we're raised up we live our lives and then unless the lord returns we die that's the reality right and and so it it behooves us as believers to go ahead and raise our children not just simply because that's what god's word says but because they are in fact our future they are our legacy And it is important that we have, or vitally important, that we have this influence in not just that we train them up, but how we train them up. I mean, think of the realities of what we are going through in our lives today. Um, Children, not just in this country, but even around the world, in in various nations where children leave. I'm not kidding you when I say 5 o'clock in the morning. The bus is picking them up at 5 in the morning. And they're not getting home until after 5, 6, or 7 p.m. at night. Now, you do the math. That's more than 15 minutes or three, Mark. You're looking at 14 hours that they are away from home. That says a lot about their raising. And so we, we live in a culture not just limited to this country, but a lot of places around the world where children aren't raised by their own parents. And so we've got an aspect to deal with, but there's so much more to their growth than just us as parents and adults in raising our children. And so I'm gonna make a point about that, but I wanna really stress the other side of that this morning. So that said, I want us to see that there's more than just our influence as parents and as adults to the growth of our children. You know what that is? Them. They have, as Mark was pointing out, free will. And that's going to be very key then in us in how we go ahead and raise our children. So the reality is that children grow up differently. I've heard um, there was a, this woman expert having a dozen children and she was just sure you've got the system. And with the system, they're all going to be well behaved, not perfect, but very well behaved children. And so, you know, take the perfection side of of it out, and you realize, okay, if I just practice this system, and then when you do, you're like, well, it's not working. Because children don't fit into a system. Just like when we were children, we didn't fit into any particular system, no matter how much our parents made us fit into a system. That's the reality. Many of us will conform to what mom and dad say, but there are times when we rebel. And if my mom was here, she would probably amen out loud because of her son. Uh, yeah, I was, I was not the most well-behaved child growing up. Shocking for you, right? <laughs> now, if you knew my past, some of you are like, not shocking at all. <laughs> so, but the thing, that's it. We look at every child and look, the abilities and gifts of, uh, the difference between boys and girls, let alone amongst boys and amongst girls that we have. <laughs> Different abilities. You not only have different abilities, um, just think about it from a standpoint. Some are able to to speak well, and others fumble over their words. Some have a great job of listening skills. Others, you tell them three times, and that's just not enough. And then you go on and on with those abilities, and you'll see, wow, kids are different. And of course, we know this already as parents, but we need to be reminded of it when it comes to raising them, because what we have a tendency of doing is comparing our children with our other children, if we have other children, or we compare our children to someone else's child or children. And that's, that's very dangerous. It's desirable. We can have examples, and those are absolutely wonderful but dangerous because we set up some other difficulties. And we'll talk about some of these in just a little bit. You've got not only different abilities, simply different character traits given by God. Think about it. You've got those that are very stubborn, yeah. right? And you've got those that are very they, – they just listen to every word you say. Some children are that good that no matter what you say, it's almost like if you can just take that child that always listens good and say – Me, what a great parent! I did such a great job raising them until you get that next child that just isn't that perfect listener. And no matter what you say, they're going to be stubborn to the end of time until they get their children, right? (laughs) So that's what you have different character traits, and God made them as brand new children. And they grew up this way, two different characteristic traits. Then you got personalities. Aside from abilities, aside from characteristic traits, I guess personalities could be included with those personality traits. you got some that are just simply shy. And they're shy all the way up until some threshold is passed in their life. And sometimes some don't pass that threshold. Some are just born and go through their entirety of life being shy, introverted. And then you got those... They'll steal the spotlight. They want it. And you have to raise them within the environment that they have. You have those that mature at different rates. Some that, you know, they don't take off until they leave the house. And others that seem like they're mature from diapers. It's just the differences in our children. We as parents, we've experienced these things. And I would like to say that um, from having seven kids, we got to experience all of this, right? So, you know, you you get the sense of the differences that children bring to your family as a result. So children, in fact, do grow up very differently, all right? I'll I'll say a little bit more about this toward the end. All right, so the reason why I say children grow up differently is because of this, this point right here. And then we'll get down into the Bible itself. Because children grow up differently, do not, parents, confuse their faithfulness today or lack of faithfulness today with faithfulness or lack of faithfulness tomorrow or in the future. Okay, We as parents, particularly those of us who have grown up in the body of Christ, grew up in quote unquote church. We've known Johnny from when Johnny was in diapers and Johnny was just one humdinger of a child that never listened, that always made trouble during the sermons, who now preaches the gospel. Right? We know Johnny. And we know that perfect child that was growing up, that was a great example, who does not believe in God today. That's just what happens in life. So I do not want us as parents, let alone as adults, looking at children, saying just because we see unfaithfulness today, that that means how are they ever going to turn out? I mean, if I just take just a little caveat of a time, uh, slice it out, I look at my life going, how could I have ever come to the Lord? If that were the case, mom and dad did not raise me in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There have been times when I was taught godly principles, and I'm so ever grateful to my parents for that, but it's not reared up on his word. My parents would also admit to that. And yet, here I am. And so there's a lot of other factors going on that we need to consider, and we're going to look at a couple of them today. But this is one, the big takeaway I want you as parents to get, particularly those of us who have younger children at home for us not to rest on our laurels because we've got well-behaved children today, or for us to be doom and gloom because our children aren't like someone else's. All right? Here's the other thing. The second, what I call 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse two principle, is this whole concept of passing it on. I want you to look at that passage here in 2 Timothy, when Paul is writing to Timothy and what he says to him, there's a lot to be said for this, and this is the, the focus then, that we as parents and we as adults have in the raising up of the next generation. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 1 and verse 2 in particular, you therefore, Paul says to Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men. Do you see that? The things that you heard from me So Paul to Timothy, you commit these to faithful men. And then he goes on to say, who will be able to teach others also. So you're looking at four generations right there. Paul to Timothy, Timothy to others, and others to the next generation. That's the idea of passing on the teaching of God's wonderful words of life. That principle is what we're talking about, and primarily that's given to us as parents. What I see, however, in our society, and then it creeps into the body of Christ, is that we expect everyone else to raise our children. Right? If I'm paying good tax-paying money, I expect that my children are taught well in the school systems, whatever the system is, public or private, right? Whether it's gonna be through tuition or it's going to be through tax dollars, Whatever the situation is, and we want them being taught very well because naturally they're there for many hours of the day. But nothing in God's word gives that particular primary responsibility to the rest of the world. This concept of it takes a village, I get that community. That's wonderful. But that's not the primary role. The primary role of teaching is on mom and dad. And the primary role of our teaching is to raise them to become faithful children of God. That's the ultimate goal, right? And sometimes we forget that. We know that that's the case, but in the day-to-day grind, we may forget that. And so we've got this really difficult responsibility in light of all the differences that we just talked about that parents have. It's been stated many times, but parenting is probably the most difficult responsibility we have in life. I mean, at times you wonder, how can I even go on as a, as a father, as a mother? You know, like, am I doing this right? And I don't care if you have a thousand children. And then you're on to grandparenthood. We still don't have it figured out. Try raising the next thousand after that. It'll be just as difficult as the first thousand. And so it's a very difficult thing. But that responsibility is given primarily to parents. And that's one of the reasons why in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 we have the teaching, right? Paul tells Timothy as regarding to elders that they would have children who are in subjection to them. Cuz it's a difficult thing raising children that will be in subjection. I mean, and I made it clear, I remember saying this to our children from time to time, you know, it's not just that like when we tell them go clean the room, cleaning the room is just just one one of many responsibilities that parents give to their children for a variety of reasons other than a clean room but one of the things that that i always hated and still do at times today is when telling them to clean the room that they do it but not with a good heart it's like well at least the room is clean but the the heart is really what you're after for your children right? The same way that God is after our hearts. Not just that we show up here at the building and fulfill some commands, if you will, and then we call it worship, but he's after our hearts. He wants that relationship with him. That's what matters ultimately, right? Lip service, but your heart is far from. So that said, this is what we have, and that's why I had that Whitney Houston reference. Teach them well. <clears throat> teach them about that heart. Not just about, okay, you got to clean your room, you got to do your chores, you got your schoolwork. All that is part of life that's expected. But is a the heart there. And so if we're going to teach them this principle, this principle comes with much more than just teaching them, it's what's in the heart. All right. That said then, last two points, very, very simple lesson and hope this will help with our VBS as well. We need to be patient with their growth. I'll have to say that, that I struggle with patience. Like in my mind, I will, I'll take things that I've done as a child and all the good stuff that I did as a child, I want my children to be just like, like I was. I'm probably not the only one who thinks this way. So as a child, I was probably about, I'd say close to 12 years old when I finally, it just dawned on me, I need to be a good good child. Up until then, I thought I was a good child, but if my parents did things that I thought were wrong, I could do the things that they did was wrong and be justified, right? But then at some point, I came to the reality at, at, at age 12 to say, you know, I'm going to have to listen. Not that I was great at it, but the effort was being there. And so what, I want my children to listen every bit as good as I did because I was 12 when that happened. They should be 12 when it happens or younger because in my thinking, they're raised on the teaching of God's word. So it should be sooner for them. The reality is my children are all different. And they go through various phases. The shy ones now will talk your head off. Right? Just spend some time with Carolyn and McKenna. (laughs) Those shy girls aren't so shy anymore. Right? So they're different, but you've got to be patient with them. Right? Our boys, they're crazy at times. But they're also shy in their own ways. I'm not going to force them. Our older girls, same way. And so very, very different in how every child is. And when we as parents expect them that every single child has to be like a robot and be perfect in this way or, or great at it in this way, rather than, this is where they're at. Good, bad, indifferent, this is where they're at. What's the end game? The end game is their faithfulness to the Lord. And so I'll be patient. And there have been parents here who've had children, some of whom may have never obeyed the gospel well until their adult years. And some will say, I wish I had been more patient with them. I wish I had given them hope rather than put them down because they had not yet turned to the Lord. And so parents, please be patient with them. I'm saying these things. I have multiple reasons. You know, I try to be efficient with my time, so I like to kill multiple birds with one stone. If I can use that, is that even politically correct anymore? Can you kill multiple birds or with one stone? <laughs> anyway, I want our counselors to remember that when we're at camp. I want our teachers in VBS and in our Bible classes to remember that when we're downstairs. I want myself and other men who are teaching in this adult in the auditorium to realize we're all different in our walk with the Lord. We need to be patient, as the Lord teaches us to, in fact, be patient. The teaching is, in Ephesians 6, verse 4, to fathers, fathers, train up your children, right, in the teaching and admonition of the Lord. But know this, not everyone's going to receive that teaching and admonition the same way, because there are different maturing abilities and levels where they're at right now, the same way as adults. I want to close with this text here in in Hebrews 12 and one final passage that we're going to look at um, before we're done. But I want you to go to Hebrews 12. Let Let me back up the slide one more time. I don't want you to see that just yet. Hebrews 12. I want you to look at what Paul says. It's a passage on discipline, and it's the very end of this conversation about being disciplined by the Lord as we would be our parents. And so in Verses um, 3 through 10, he tells us, here's the discipline that God wants because he loves us, and he wants us to grow in him. And then he says this in verse 11. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it doesn't come easy it takes time but that discipline eventually produces beautiful beautiful fruit the, the best illustration I can give um, that I remember having was with Ally Ally was about I don't know seven eight nine years old we were in our garage slash fourth bedroom <laughs> and um, I was on the bed I had just spanked her. She was screaming loud enough. I thought police were going to come. And I said, "Hun, your spirit is so stubborn. So stubborn. Just like your mom. (laughs) Like me too. No. It's so stubborn. But you know your stubbornness can be turned to the glory of God someday. I don't know when that day is going to be, but someday. And in my mind, I wanted someday to be today, because that stubbornness was getting wearisome. But I see her today. And although she still has her own stubbornness, just like her mom does, (laughs) just like I do, I see a beautiful conviction. I see a beautiful heart. And it took patience, lots, lots of patience. Dane and McKenna, just like the big sister. Very stubborn. Carolyn, growing in stubbornness. (laughs) I guess she's, I don't know, being influenced by stubbornalities. (laughs) But here's the reality. We'll be patient with them. And they'll grow up and they will mature. And if by the grace of God and glory to God, they grew up, To go from stubbornness to conviction because that's the hope God gave me these children just as God has given you yours for the glory of training them up so that they at one point so just like many of us have become leaders in our own families in the community in the body of Christ they will too and that's why I love with with what Paul has done with our, our children with the boys and with the young girls, with the young ladies, and to see great leaderships in the future coming ahead. It's a wonderful thing. Know this, that if we're patient with them and we discipline them, eventually the peaceable fruit of righteousness, if not now, in tomorrow's future, it will in fact come. So I want to close with this passage. In Matthew chapter 21, Sawyer read for us. Was it Sawyer? Someone, someone read for us, Sawyer, your the song. We had read for us, In Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 to 32, the parable of the two sons. See, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. The older son was told to go work, and the son said, yes, sir. But he didn't go. And the younger son said, no way. But then he did. There's a principle in that. Naturally, the context of that text was, hey, before you righteous individuals... Pharisees entering the kingdom of heaven you're going to have harlots you're going to have sinners, tax collectors they'll come into heaven before you right? Because they said no but then they did the will of the Father in heaven. Whereas you said yes but you're not doing it now and that's the primary context the principle is also seen in life. You have those that start off on the wrong foot in the wrong way of life or they may be like the parable of, of the owner in the vineyard when he's looking for workers and he finds some first thing in the morning but he also finds some at the very end of the day in the 11th hour. Be patient with your children. They may in fact turn to the Lord if you are long suffering and showing them the very kind of love that God's word is showing us explicitly of how he has been patient with us. And trust, trust in the Lord that he'll provide for you, the kind of children you want raised. And the reality is, this is the fact, that they're gonna make their own choices. No matter how well you try and raise them, they still have free will. They'll make their own choices. So you pray for them the way Job prayed for his children and for their well-being, and you be patient. Anyway, that's the lesson. And I hope that we take it for our, um, for our families, for parents, with our children, for us here in this congregation. When we go out and do um, other activities, like camp with these kids, be patient, adults. We were there. We were, we were that child that was the one that we needed to have patience. And so I pray that you'll do the same. By the way, think about this. The Lord is patient with us before we become his children. And he's patient with us as his children. And I'm grateful for it. Because if not, some of us would have no hope. Because we're stubborn. <laughs> and we have other qualities that are lacking. And so I'm thankful that God is patient with us. The invitation is yours. If you need to come to the Lord, by op- well, the opportunity is here for you. Baptism, the baptistry is ready for you to be buried with Christ, to be raised in newness of life and to grow in him or to return to him. And if you need our prayers, by all means, we'll be happy to pray with you right now. So together we stand and sing a song.